I think that's it. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today for another episode of Ricardo Sturdivant's Tuesday Fields, live on the Reinventing Network. Today's a pretty cool show. We've got Jason and Medusa in the house, so we'll bring them on in just a couple minutes. If you guys are watching us on YouTube, Facebook, or the Reinventing website, let us know that these streams are working in the chat or tag a friend who would like to join us. You guys can check out some of our Reinventing weekly drawing groups and shows on our network as well. Every Sunday, we have Jason Leeser with his Skill Building Sunday Drawing Group. Monday mornings is Drawing for Tattooers with James Wisdom, followed by the Tattoo Weekly at 11 a.m. Monday nights are the Evolution classes led by Guy Aitchison. Tuesday mornings at 10 right here is Ricardo Sturdivant's Tuesday Fields. Wednesdays at noon is a Tattoo Now show, followed by the Reinventing Business course bi-weekly at 1. Every Thursday is Tattoo Collecting 101, and then we start it all over again on Sunday. All of these events can be found on our homepage if you scroll down, as well as our YouTube and Roku channel. The homepage is really nice. If you scroll down to the bottom where our calendar is, you can click the Zoom link to join in any of these live drawing groups. Before we get started today, let's say thank you again to our sponsors for helping us push out this cool content to you guys every day for free. We've got Alex's World Tattoo Events, giving us the largest, most comprehensive resource for tattoo events in the world. You can find hundreds of event listings at worldtattooevents.com. Also, thank you to Raw Pigments with their acrylic-free inks that have been used by artists around the world. You can support Reinventing by using code REINVENTINGTHETATTOO at checkout for 10% off your order. Also, thank you to DLIES Pro for helping artists and clients protect their art, as well as our affiliates Fireside Tattoo, The Apprenticeship Diaries, and EcoFriendlyTattooSupplies.com. Lastly, I want to mention that our second trimester is wrapping up of the Reinventing Evolution. We've got other um, really cool opportunities available on our website for learning through the canon that you guys should definitely check out. But without any further ado, I think we have a few sweet faces that would like to grace us with their presence, including quarter-sized blue What's up? How's it going? How are you guys doing today? Doing all right. Good. Yeah. No issues, no complaints. Feeling good. Woke up. I you saw know, you I, posted something about um and what were you up to yesterday that you put you shared something about working on art or someone did? Prince? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I was over with uh, my one of my best friends in the world, Ian Chapin. Uh, over at Yellow Rose Tattoo in North Hills or Glenside, Pennsylvania. Um, Ian runs a super traditional shop, like super traditional, bold, bold line, single line, like very old school colors. He does some of the cleanest work I've ever seen. And um, I went over there to hang out with him for a little while. Uh, yesterday, technically, the studio was closed, but I mean, when you're friends with a guy that owns it, you just call him and you're like, yo, let's hang out. He's like, okay. And he opens the door. Um, but we got together to discuss some prints he wanted to get made. And we went over some of his insane vintage flash collection that he wants to uh, digitize and archive and potentially in the future make some prints. Uh, but he's got like some old Milton Zeiss flash. He's got a um, couple of original acetates that we were staring at for a while. He broke out some of his collection from the, I think it was the Paul Rogers Institute from uh, San Francisco. So like nice. sitting there looking at like original cardboard prints of these flash designs that are signed by the original artist, 
you know, and discussing how to best preserve them, how to best display them, what to do with the originals, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. So it was a, it was a fun day. Is that what Man, you were expecting? Or was that kind of like a surprise? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I knew that was what was going to happen when we got together. Um, we always have a tendency to get together and like go over like tattoo hist historical tattoo stuff. I mean, we we're both super tattoo nerds. Like we geek out over that stuff. Like you right, can't so. you can't put a vintage machine in front of us and expect us not to completely nerd out. Right. We'll sit down and we'll <laughs> analyze like the thread count on the screws. Right. It's that bad. Um, but I knew that was going to happen. So it was, it was a very productive day. It was a blast hanging out with them. Um, yeah, it, it always is too. So you looked like a kid in a candy store in the picture, to be honest. You did. Like I for agree. Real, knowing you, yeah. I could see that you were really happy and excited. Well, I was holding vintage, limited edition, very rare copies of Tattoo Flash. Oh, nice. So, I mean, to actually physically hold that piece of tattoo history in your hand is just... Especially it's, it puts you on another level. You are like a kid in a candy store. I mean, you got to think about the years and the years that have gone by and all the things that have changed since then. And looking at the foundation of it all right there in your hands, you know. He was like, I don't know, dude. I don't know if I should like make copies of these and like sell the copies because there's only like four known sets of this in the world. And I'm like, dude, no, no. Yep. The more rare they are, the more they're going to hold their value over the time. So, you know, Definitely I mean, don't like, want to put production out there, but at the same time, you can't help but want to share that with the world. Yeah. I think I'd make copies that kind of have those put out on display and then have the originals put away somewhere. You know what I mean? And yeah. break them out on like a special occasion, like a fine wine. Exactly. With some Like some nice Chianti and some fava beans, you know, <laughs> exactly. on special occasions, only on special occasions. Right. That's what I was talking to him about. So we talked about a way to archive them and reproduce them uh, so that he could have copies of them displayed and keep the originals as preserved as humanly possible, kind yeah. of tucked away, you know, right. out of direct sunlight um, in yeah, exactly. an acid-free environment. Yeah. So. Thanks for coming on, James. James. Morning, gang. Good morning, sir. James, yay. Hey, Medusa. Hi, I tried to make your show yesterday, but I didn't. I barely made it myself, so. I actually, I actually, like, put in a solid attempt to make your show, and then I, like, woke up, and I was like, why the hell is my alarm going off at 5.30 a.m.? I just got to bed. And I went back to sleep and it wasn't until when I like woke up, woke up for reals later. And I was like, oh, yeah, that was so that I could see James's show. No worries. Uh, so we have a couple of uh, people coming in from the chat. What's up, creature? Always good to hear from you. Amber, uh, the link is on our website if you can join. Uh, always great to see you. Um, I will mm -hmm. update it. Maybe check again in just a couple minutes. 
Uh, Gabe says copies of art out to collectors often is what makes the originals more valuable. That's a good point. Uh, okay, nice. Yeah, nice. I'm thinking about it like that. So Amber, I'll get you set up now. Checking in in like a minute. I got Amber yeah. in the house. Almost. You know, you know what's funny is like uh, me and my buddies here at the shop. We were actually talking about the idea of getting flash racks back in here again and actually like going through and buying some old cherry creek and just filling it with nothing but cherry creek stuff dude like uh that would be amazing we uh, you gotta do it though i know i'm i'm trying to talk them into it. i was like i already have i was like i'll put half of it down like i'll put half of the money down you guys chip in and like fill up the rest of the half and let's just book make this happen dude <laughs> there's something glorious about that you know what I mean? Have you guys had, had a chance to tattoo a lot of Cherry Creek in your day? I have. <laughs> yeah. I certainly have. Oh, yeah. Uh, did you guys like it or hate it or what? Were you, were you over it by the time it was dying off? And this is Vimeo Enterprise. So I was always a big fan of the, um, the Bullseye Monster collections, and they would come out with a new collection every year. So it wasn't exactly Cherry Creek. But Flash would come out with like, they'd get 10 artists together and they would each put out a brand new set of Flash every year, right? In some years they would mix the artists up, but it was always different stuff. You never really knew what you were going to get or who the artists were going to be that year until you got the Flash set. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was always an adventure, you know? So, but yes, I did make plenty of money off of Cherry Creek in my day. Um, but I swear, if I have to do another bald eagle tearing through skin <laughs> with an American <laughs> background, I swear someone's going to get hurt. No way, dude. Or like Come the on, butterfly man. with like the tiger eyes in it. The tiger like, eyes. I, yeah. I probably with the tribal coming off the sides. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite was the, the, the religious theme stuff. Like the smiling Jesus one was the best, dude. Oh God, he's yes. like, he's like a total, like, hey, you know, he's just like super chill. Like, hey, it's almost like Buddy Christ, even, you know. We just got rid of our flash. Well, not rid of, we put them in storage, but took down our flash racks at our shop. Oh, but they like, they had all of that stuff. Like, I mean, well, the, own, the original owner of the shop, who still technically owns the shop, she started tattooing in 83. Nice. So, Love it. Yeah. And as a female tattooing in 83, that's ballsy. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, okay, cool. I think um, I see scary. what you did there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's a, uh, she, that's blueberries. Um, <laughs> Look at the size yeah. of those blueberries. <laughs> yeah. oh my God. But, uh, uh, yeah, we'd like just put our flash racks into storage. But yes, it had all of that on yeah. it. Um, but yeah, we nobody was interested in getting those tattooed. And nobody has been for a few years. So yeah. that's why yeah. we tucked them aside for now. <laughs> See, to me, Tattoo Flash was an integral part of learning how to tattoo, Yeah, right? Because the people that I originally apprenticed with were frugal, to say the least. So they would see if they could cut a deal to buy all of the Tattoo Flash without the line work. And then guess whose job it was to draw the line work for it? Oh, yeah, bro. 
The Apprentices. Bingo. So as, as much as I like to try to tailor things to be unique for everyone, if it wasn't for Tattoo Flash, I would have never gotten to the point that I met today. So I have the most respect for that. I kind of wish that I could just make flash sheets and sell those to shops. So do it. You know, but uh, you know, that's that's kind of a dead thing. Nobody buys flash sheets anymore. Now every the artist makes their some own. Really flash funny, sheets. creative, like really funny things that that I think are really yep. unique about yourself that you could probably get away with that. I agree. Well, like so. <laughs> While you are correct in a sense, like most people aren't out there buying flash sheets uh, to actually hang up in their studio to like tattoo the designs off of, you would be absolutely floored at how many people are buying flash sheets and collecting them as original works of art. Because think about it like this, right? To design a successful sheet of tattoo flash, you have to have a really great composition and you have to make sure that everything flows well with the other subject matter that's on there, right? You have to have things placed in a way that is going to be visually appealing. You need to make sure that things are on the same kind of a theme. So there is an art to tattoo flash as well. when it comes down to composition, color palettes and things of that nature. So that in and of itself is a form of art. Yeah, but in order to like make a successful flashy, I definitely need to actually wake up in time for James Wisdom's show, Drawing for Tattooers. Very helpful on Monday morning. You should do that. You should definitely join James Wisdom's Drawing for Tattooers Monday mornings. James, how do you feel so far? Um, how many episodes has there been? Because I keep seeing more and more. How do you? How are you feeling with everything? Um. Well, yeah. Thanks for thanks for the plug. Uh, it's it's really it's uh it's it's amazing. Um, and to be honest, I think uh, it feels really. Um, I, I guess it feels really comfortable in a certain way. Like once it starts, I'm really uncomfortable before I hit the go live. You know what I mean? I get really nervous, and I'm, you know, I'm like I'm totally in my head. But then as soon as we're drawing, as soon as we're you know, as soon as we're talking about stuff. Um, then it feels like, I don't know, then it feels, it feels like what we're supposed to be doing. You know what I mean? We're supposed to be, uh, you know, working on our work, uh, you know, enjoying each other's company. And then also like, um, uh, I don't know, just, just uh, uh, like being community, I guess, you know what I mean? And so uh, that's really what makes it is, you know, people that people do show up and then, you know, some people watch it and, um, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm honored by it. And then of course, like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in the company of you all as well. And I think that for me is, uh, it's, it's, it's really quite humbling. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying it so far. I'm, I hope that I can, hope I can just stick with it and maybe, um, you know, um, uh, maybe it'll help, it'll help my drawing and stuff as well. That's what, uh, right. that's really what I'm, you know, that's, that's, uh, there's another, there's another motivation behind it too. I want to keep drawing also. And so having, you know, having others that are, you know, uh, that have the, the drive and the spirit to do it, it keeps me going. You know, I get, I get just as much from student, you know, as, as I do. So. Well, that's awesome, dude. Cause like, I mean, I think the best thing that 
can teach you anything about yourself is by teaching other people around you. You know what I mean? Like you can learn more by yourself through expressing what it is that you've picked up along the way. You know what I mean? Especially hearing it spoken outside of your head and to other people, it like, it makes, it resonates a lot differently. You know what I mean? When you can hear it outside of yourself. Um, I, I agree with that completely, man. That's awesome. And it's cool that you're sharing that. You got a lot of great content on there for sure, man. Like it's great. Mm-hmm. Dude, I'm I just wanted it. like the screen grabs that are like the framework on the YouTube videos. And already I'm just like, that looks like something I need to learn. There you go. I think, um, you know, like, so I dropped out of college to tattoo um, in in the year 2000. And so in the year I always, uh, in the year 2000, Y2K, man. In the year yeah. 2000. Um, and so I thought, uh, I guess I always, I, I worked really hard on tattooing and, and, you know, and but I always felt like there was this part that I was missing. And, um, you know, my, my bosses would always tell me like, you just tattoo more just tattoo more, you know, that's all you need. And, um, and so, uh, I, you know, rejected that. I went back to school. Uh, but what I learned, I think, you know, like I spent a lot of time and a lot of money on school. Um, and so what I, what I feel like I, what I learned is that like, you know, it is, that that is true. You have to work. You just have to keep working, but there are some, there are some, so few, few principles that you can adopt that you can start to like, you know, you can look at, and I think you, you know, you have to, you have to, you have to do, you have to be rigorous. You have to do your research. You have to figure out what it is that, you know, you're, whatever it is you're interested in, be interested in it. And like, that's how you can, you know, gain some mastery. And that's how you can, I think, ultimately achieve some confidence and become who you are, you know, cause that's like, that's what we're trying to do, you know? But I don't, you know, I think just having your own bright ideas all the time, you're just going to repeat so many, uh, so many mistakes that, you know, I don't know if they're avoidable necessarily all the time, but there's, there's so much you can gain by having a mentor, by having, you know, people that you look up to. And so, um, so yeah, that's, that's what I'm hoping that I can like, you know, I can give away what I, what I got from school. So tattooers feel more confident. So they don't, they don't, they feel like they're, um, you know, they're able to move through their journey of being a tattooer and not feel like, like there's some bit that they missed, that it's, it's available to them. Um, you know, and it, and it is, a, a, the hard work is a part of it, right? Tattooing more is definitely a part of it, but. You know, it's interesting that you're bringing this up, man. Cause like one of the things that I wanted to talk about today was, uh, practice like uh, everybody always i always hear people saying i want to become a better artist i want to do more i want to i want to be able to make more art you know what i mean but like what exactly is the question that you're asking yourself like why do you want to be a better artist you know what i mean like what is the ambition and the goal behind that question to begin with you know what i mean and it's very it varies for everybody you know what i mean some people want notoriety out of it some people want to experience more of their self through it you know what i mean or be able to express themselves even better as a way of expressing yourself uh, non-verbally a little bit better. You know what I mean? That's one of my major goals for sure is to be able to like invoke an emotion with a picture that, that you don't really have to speak about. Like it can kind of like just ca- it captures your own attention in its own sense. You know what I mean? So like, that's one of the things that I always have been striving for forever 
it's actually one of the reasons that I love Caravaggio and stuff so much. You know what I mean? Like one of my biggest influences for sure is Caravaggio. And I think that that, that kind of dedication and skill is like definitely a master, you know what I mean? But like the guy was just doing what he wanted to do and learning his process through creating, you know what I mean? And just didn't stop practicing like you're talking about, you know what I mean? And I think that's, that's important. What do you guys think about that? Like, what do you guys think about that question of what it is that wants that you, you want to be a better artist for? I just keep wondering, isn't Caravaggio the one that got into a lot of bar fights? I, I think so. He's, yeah, he's, he's notorious yeah. for a lot of different things that the church was like, it's cool, man. You just keep painting these pretty pictures and it's all good, dude. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah, we he's an interesting that character. That, that never yeah. happened. He's a pretty nefarious wow. person from what I've heard. Yeah, from what I've read. Yeah, but his art, oh my God. Yeah, dude. But yeah, practicing, the purpose for practicing um, is different for a lot of people. I mean, some people want to be the next ink master. Some people yeah. just really, really, really want to make a pretty picture to hang up on their walls because they don't have the money to buy a pretty picture from an artist so they might as well make it themselves i love it dude yeah i think it's important i think when you're asking yourself why do you want to become a better artist it's important to identify like once you've already decided that you want to become a better artist and you're going to do what it takes take a minute to step back and start to identify the areas that you need to work on to be a better artist right is are you, do you need to be better at understanding color theory? Do you need to be better at your fundamentals? Do you need to be better at um, light placement, um, you know, and lighting effects? Do you need to be better at use, your use of line or your amount of contrast? Uh, maybe it's your composition. You know, these are all different elements of art that can be focused on to improve something overall. And if you can't identify what it is, talk to someone else in the community, talk to another person, sit back and say, listen, I'm, I really want to improve. I really want to better myself. What do I need to work on? You yeah. know, I'm having problems seeing it. What can I do to improve? You know, what, what do you see consistently across a body of work that I need to improve upon? I think yep. a lot of people struggle with humbling themselves enough to be able to ask for help because, yeah. you know, there's a lot of, uh, let's face it, in the tattoo industry, there's a lot of toxic egos. Um, I mean, there's a lot of artists that want to share, but there's also a lot of people who are like, I'm great. I can't admit my faults like just like there isn't any other industry so having the ability to be humble to admit that you need improvement and that you want improvement in the first place is a really key element to becoming a better artist yeah uh, room for growth room for growth like not you can't go through your life as an artist thinking that you know everything because you might as well just quit if that's the case you know what I mean? yeah, you're not going to get any better if you already think you're the greatest. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I like I know a lot of artists who are like that. I mean, they're great artists, but 
I think sometimes you can achieve a level of notoriety or a certain amount of Instagram followers or make enough sales on your website or, you know, whatever, do enough in your shop that you kind of feel like you don't need to work more um, or to practice anymore. So, yeah, I think being humble is and admitting your faults is the first step to becoming greater. Or being able to listen to an interpretation of what it is that you could have done a little bit better. Yeah, like, accepting you know, critiques. Like, accepting critiques, right. Or, you know, like we talked, the work community has come up in this conversation quite a bit. And I got to admit something. I mean, meeting Jason, Kier, and Bruno at the time that I did and speaking the jumbled mess of how I did something and how I thought I was making something, I had no idea what the frick it was that I was doing you know what I mean like I couldn't explain it for anything but then to hear them especially Jason kind of convey it back and with the proper terminology and so I was like oh okay I get it now you know what I mean but it wasn't without that community it was with if it wasn't with that without that community I wouldn't have been able to understand it in the way that I do now for sure and that was only a couple years ago even you know what I mean so it's important community is is like one of the foundations of it for sure like if you're trying to become Absolutely. a better artist if you're trying to become a better artist if you're trying to be more than what you feel like you can be or you are then that's an important step for sure and that's opening Definitely. up like medusa's saying that's opening up like medusa's saying for sure i got some people coming in who's that is that terrence what up dude how are you Cool, man. Somebody has donuts. Yeah, my buddy Terrence just showed up, and uh, he's got the dunk. He's got the dunk. The Dunkin' D's. Dunkin'. Uh, uh, I heard somebody say donuts. I want one. <laughs> Can I have one? What about if I just? Cream in there? What just, about just if pass uh, it through the magic window? I'm gonna just eat in front of you guys. Like we'll just make the rest of the show just me eating. How about that? And I'll get real close to the mic and stuff too. Mm. I live across the street from a 24-hour donut store. I raise you that challenge. I accept <laughs> it. <laughs> you can have a donut face-off. You pro- your Her donuts are like probably way more gourmet, aren't they? What's that? The gauntlet has been thrown. All right, let me try it. Let's try it out. Hold on, I'll be right back. Let's see what we got. I, I will eat donuts till I throw up. Don't even try me. Oh, my God. Holy shit, dude. For me, that would only take two. Medusa, we should make a thumbnail out of that. (laughs) 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 Like I'm trying to grow my maple bar utility belt. People have spoken. People have spoken. All right. Got myself a long John. (laughs) Oh, man. Called it. (laughs) Good choice. Did you say you called it? <laughs> mm. There's no blueberry, Jason, but it'll do. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, blueberry pancakes this morning. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. And Terrence has got coffee too. He's like one up me. Well, I have coffee. I can't live without that. I'm going to ask you guys what you think about this picture so you don't have to look at me eating too much. 
Ooh. I dig it. Definitely. Um, it's very loose still. Uh, you guys see any spots that I need to kind of change or start making more of a focal point? Is the flower too stark against the skull? Yes. So how do I do that? Like, what do you think? Soften up some edges? Oh, I don't know. I'm not good at that. Ask James. Uh, so I, I feel like um, that if that if you were to, you know, leave that contour edge, you know, around the, around the rose. Um, so that could have a nice bold outline, but then the, you know, the, the, the lines of between each petal that could be softened slightly. Okay. Um, and, and that would like sort of, I think that would um, reflect what's happening in the skull a little bit more, you, you know, cause you have, you have a lot of like really beautiful, like shifts of the planes, like in the skull. Mm -hmm. So, um, so you're using tonal value and you've like, you've described like the side of the skull, the front of the skull, you know, all the, all of the various, like, uh, all the planes are, are, you know, are rendered. And so if you treat the rows in a similar way, but you give it that graphic outline and then they sort of like, they relate to each other. Um, I think it, that way. Okay. And the other, the only last thing I would say is that. On the you know on the jawbone of the skull, if you basically treat it like the way you've done um, with the the upper palate, so the the maxilla to the mandible, like so they 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 both have the that similar side that side plane, uh -huh. and so if you just bring that value down along that side of it, there. Um, yeah, exactly yep. right there. Then I think it it'll push that back behind the rose. And even though like, you know you kind of have like a like a a middle value on it, um, I think that would that could still really work with the really the really strong uh, positive negative like leaf that you have. Um, yeah. It's really yeah. I think it's it's a it's a great composition. It's it's really classic. It's like we were yeah. talking about with the Cherry Creek earlier. It's like all those designs are so classic you know what i mean <laughs> they are beautiful we just live with them every day in the shops you know what i mean especially if you're yeah. an artist of a certain age yeah <laughs> if you're a tattooer of a certain age you lived with that stuff you walked past those racks every morning yep you know what i mean and you'd have to do it and it became this cliche thing because you were looking at all of it all the time and you were selling it all the time but for people who were you know like they don't come to the tattoo shop very often it is amazing looking because oh, all yeah. that stuff is really beautiful and super tattooable. And, um, yep. Yeah. I remember seeing that stuff and then getting into the other flash, like uh, Ed, Ed Lee, Edward Lee flash and stuff like that, dude. And the whole David Bolt movement and things like yeah. that. You guys remember the David Bolt flash? Dude? It's like, <laughs> it was so crazy to see those varying degrees of like art styles in flash. You know what I mean? Because all that stuff looked great. But you know that stuff was like watered down quite a bit whenever it was time to tattoo it and stuff too. You know what I mean? But Cherry Creek was pretty much like, there it is. That's what you're going to get. Clean, solid lines, clean, solid color. Boom. Every time you can look at the picture on the flash and look at the tattoo and be like, those are identical. bro." Uh, we are like a lot, like at most of the shops I ever worked at, we always had like, uh, you know, line drawings in the filing cabinet. You pull uh -huh. that out and you run it right through the Hecto machine and, you know, pick it and stick it and you know yep. <laughs> you didn't i don't know you just uh 
just rock it out. You, you may have to rip the flash sheet off the wall so you could reference it. You know. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember several times having the rack in my station. You know what I mean? Just on a chair across <laughs> the room for me. <laughs> like the whole rack was gone. People were like, just copy it, dude. I was like, oh shit, you can copy it. I forgot. <laughs> I I worked at a shop in Chicago where the all of the flash was it was like it was almost all Sailor Jerry. And that was really interesting and kind of inspiring. I, you know, like I'm not, I'm, I, I respect old school um, tattooing. It's not something that I'm like super proficient at. Yeah. I did the portraits and stuff, you know, like, <laughs> like people who wanted to do portraits, but you know, everybody else was sort of into, you know, like really like the, you know, the old school line work and just the, the whip shading and like, you know, so I learned a lot. I think it was it was a it was a real learning experience. Well, it's the foundation of tattooing. You know what I mean? It's the foundation of a good solid tattoo. I mean, those applications are still applied to, you know, the even the most rendered kind of image in a tattoo. You know what I mean? Like that, that stark contrast. You know what I mean? The values, the the, the dark the dark to skin tone. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, it's a fundamental. You're right. Is that what you said, Marisa? Fundamental. Yeah fundamentals yeah. yeah it's solid without it it wouldn't be tattooing as it is we know it at all you know what i mean absolutely i think it's interesting that you know it's like that's the that's really sort of uh um, foundational to the to the western notion of tattooing uh-huh. but, but sailor jerry really picked up a lot from japanese tattooing yeah even though he was like you know his raving racist you know it was like <laughs> uh he really respected um you know it was one of the it was i'm not sure if it was horyoshi too but somebody you know i mean it was it was it was a tap you know japanese tattoo master who he corresponded with and and um and so again i think there was there was this real cultural exchange that happened yeah, I he was in hawaii you know what i mean and yeah. so there was this connection and yeah i thought he opened like one of his shops in hawaii with uh somebody of japanese descent so that uh to collaborate uh-huh. with the cultural aspects of it Pazuo- i mean what? i could be totally wrong though azuo gori is what i've been being told azuo gori is like who he opened up the shop with so oh, he collaborated with them yeah yeah wow yeah i'm being told he's 95 years old still alive like that'd be fucking incredible to talk to that guy. Like, can you imagine that, dude? Oh wow! Somebody call him up. Get let's him call on. him up. Get him on the show. <laughs> let's see yeah. if he can. Let's see if he can zoom. Be like, can you zoom, man? Send <laughs> a raven. Thing? Send a raven. What <laughs> 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 we'll to send four for one for each direction and see which one gets there first. This is down at the ports in Hawaii. Send a swallow. There you go. Make sure that uh, shit. I can't remember the joke now. Oh well. Anyways, yeah, man. What no, is it's the um, weight of an unladen swallow. There you go. That's the one. African Good. or European? <laughs> Perfect. You guys <laughs> fucking saved me. Thank you. Thank you, Amber. <laughs> no problem. I grew up on Monty Python. Fucking love Monty Python, man. It's so good, isn't it? Yeah. All I want to know is what's your guys' favorite color? Green. No, blue. Pink. No, blue. (laughs) 
The Enchanter's name is Tim? Tim? Yeah. There are some of those who call him Tim. (laughs) You can bring out your dad anytime, too. Bring out your dad? (laughs) Bring out your dad. dad. (laughs) That must be my uh, Illinois accent. Dad bring can be. Bring out your daddy. Bring out your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's make it kinkier. <laughs> this show just went from Long John Donuts to daddies. <laughs> let's see what happens next. <laughs> cold you, man. Well, Medusa is here, so I'm sorry, but that's not surprising. Sorry, guys. I have no problem, no qualms with that, Medusa. Bring it on. Oh, I uh, ironed, ironed my artwork this morning. I don't know if you guys saw that, but that was a successful attempt. So uh, low heat setting, just like quick touches. Always make sure to be checking the temperature and everything. I advise only people willing to try it out that are somewhat safe to try it, but I think I successfully flattened out my waterlogged piece of art. <laughs> Let's check it out. Oh, it's it's flatter. Let's see the art, too. Oh, oh, that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's this thing so I've well. been working on. So rad. Yeah, dude, look at that. Oh, yeah. I want to print on that. I'm adding in the white highlights right now with um, a fine art pastel pencil. That's uh, awesome. When that's finished, when that's finished, let me know. I'd like to run prints of that. Okay. Um, Yeah, so this is mixed media. It started out... uh, as um, just kind of like a sketch. I was doing a lot of ballpoint pen on toned sketch paper when I was doing a lot of portraits. Um, Going through my uh, month of portraits phase. And uh, this, uh, then I just started accidentally, purposely using different medias. I was like, I'm gonna do a quick wash of watercolor on this, you know, playing around without thinking about the fact that this is just sketch paper. So it easily got waterlogged and wrinkly. But then I was all like, I don't care. I'm going to do what I want. No rules. And then I uh, kept painting on it and then going back and forth between ballpoint pen, pencil, charcoal, painting. And eventually the paper was like wrinklier than, uh, well, a wrinkly thing. Um, I'm sorry, I lost the analogy there. So yeah, I ironed it and now it is uh, stiff and flatter and ready for the ready for the white highlights. Go for it. So. It's, it's kind of fun doing that sometimes, isn't it? Like just kind of throwing stuff together. And yeah, like just throwing caution to the wind and saying, hey, sirrah, sirrah. Balls out. Well, figure it out as we go along like Mm -hmm. you know if there's any bridges we must burn well we'll burn them or cross them who knows 
What's um, called for why they're burning? If you huh? want. Okay. What'd you say, Amber? I said, or we can cross from why they're burning. Heck yeah, just, dude. Just run really fast. Feet. Yeah, keep your feet toasty. Yep. I haven't yeah, done that yet. That's the only time you see me running. <laughs> I don't run. So if I'm running, you should probably run. Ugh, running. Ew. Uh, hey. Ricardo, are you still doing? Yeah. <laughs> Are you still doing the 4.30 a.m. Uh, jogging? Yeah, I wake up at 4.30. I'm at the gym by 5. Uh, work out for an hour. And then, like, later on in the afternoon, sometimes I'll go for another run. What so time do you go to bed? <laughs> I mean, going to bed is one thing. Falling asleep is an entirely different another. beast. Falling so asleep do you have sleep in your schedule at all? Yeah, I do. I usually get about, uh, on average, about four hours, and then a long, a long night's sleep is like six to seven hours or so. So, my brain just don't don't shut off, man. My brain just don't stop. Uh huh. It just goes tick 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 tick. But I will say that every once in a while, I'll crash, like just crash out, and I'll sleep for like twelve or thirteen hours. Sometimes it's nuts. It's every once in a while. Every few months or so, it'll just be like I'm done. I can't talk. I, I don't. I don't know how to communicate. <laughs> pretty much, pretty nonverbal at that point. You know what I mean? But it's fun. Um, next time you're messing around with stuff like that, Medusa, if you want to play around, uh, I found that the moleskin sketchbooks, the paper. If you prime them, you can pretty much do almost anything you want to on the paper. Like you can oil paint on it and everything too. The key to, I found that the key to priming um, <clears throat> any of your surfaces really usually requires um, thinking about what you're doing in advance. Um, having yeah. a plan, which is <laughs> not something I am. Oh, I'm so bad at that. Yeah. Very good at. So usually when I come to the point where I was like, I should prime this, I've already been halfway through it. Yeah. So good advice. I will try to remember to think about that before I start. Maybe just uh, prime a few pages, let them dry, and then like just keep it around in case you feel like messing around with it or something. You know what I mean? There you go. Good point. Yeah. Keeping a few pre primed canvases for uh, those uh, sparky moments is a very good idea. Feeling froggy? (laughs) Feeling froggy? Feeling, Feeling a little frisky? Frisky <laughs> with your pencils. Yeah. What do you guys have going on today? Any uh, big projects coming up? I am filling an order for fingernail. My side yeah. hustle is press on nails. Oh, okay. My side oh, hustle. Do you, and you do side. finger the nail art? Yes. Oh, dude, that's so complicated. Tiny little... Yeah, I can paint anything on a fingernail, but give me a big canvas and some paint and uh, um, and that. I tried playing with some of my friends' nail art things. The brushes are like... uh, I I I can't do it. Too small. I'm pretty sure there's like three hairs in this brush. And I'm painting a set to go with a red and black Harlequin costume. Oh, cute. Yeah, all the guys here are like, we don't know what you're talking about. 
<laughs> actually, actually, I, I kind of do. <laughs> I kind of do, only a little bit. So, tell us about your nail art adventures, Ricardo. <laughs> drunken, usually. Yeah, yeah, drunken and hanging out. I was like, let's do something. Hell <laughs> yes. French but, uh, tips for Ricardo. Got it. There you go. You got it, man. I'm actually working on trying to figure out a new convention banner. Oh, cool. Nice. Are you doing your thumbnails, Jason? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, so I'm a big advocate of keeping my business card and my convention banner very similar so that as people are walking around the show, they can look at the card and be like, oh, this is this guy, right? That's and they don't have to like stop and guess and be like, oh, well, this card is cool. And I, I know the artist's name, but like, I don't see them any, maybe that's them. That looks kind of similar, maybe. No, no, that's someone different. You know, it's like by keeping the designs very similar, um, it allows people to make that connection a little bit easier. So, and I redesigned my business cards in the beginning of the year, but I forgot to get a new convention banner that mimics the same, you know, new design. And now I'm sitting back thinking to myself, like, I really don't want to have to design new cards for next year. So is there some way I can take this new business card that I made and turn that into a convention banner? I mean, that makes sense. You can kind of just put it in a bigger canvas size on your uh, Procreator or Photoshop, can't you? I can. But the way that my card is oriented now is more landscape. So trying to rotate that isn't really going to look the same. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. I gotcha. So you now I have to go back through. Though, what? You can still have a streamlined look without it, you know, being necessarily true. the same. Very true. Yeah, and you could set it up. You could set it up to where it is landscape, a landscape banner instead of a vertical one too, couldn't you? I could. I could. But then I would I I'm always that conscientious like booth partner. I like to make sure that I stay on my side and I only take up half of the booth. And you know, I, I want to make sure everyone's got room for everything. And oh well, am I taking up too much table space? Because I can move some stuff. Oh, you know what? I'll just put my prints away. There you go. You've got plenty of room now. Um, you know, so I'm, I always like to make sure everyone's happy and everyone's got plenty of space for everything. So if I made the convention banner, but I, but I did it so that instead of being three feet wide by five feet tall, if I rotated that to make it five feet wide by three feet tall, which would theoretically work, I think it would take up too much room in a standard booth, which I believe is like eight foot. So it would take up over half of the width of the, the booth. So now I'm like, okay, well, maybe I could just like flip the whole thing on its side and I could do that. But then I like to have my name at the top of it and everything like that. So it's it's going to be an adventure to figure it out proportionally to try to get something to work um and i'm have and i also want to try to take this like kind of traditional 
Japanese style design that I usually go with because I find it translates very well graphically. Yeah. Um, stands out very well. Line work can hold up on its own without any kind of value in there. So it can stand up as a great dynamic graphic image. Um, but I also want to try to combine that with a more Art Nouveau style and get some like more Art Nouveau or neo-traditional leaves in there. Maybe some like swirls in the backgrounds or like an Art Nouveau style frame. Um, so I'm trying to combine the two and it's turning out to be a little bit more tricky than I thought. Um, I got my tickets to Puerto Rico yesterday and I can't wait to come down to your booth and crop dust you. (laughs) (laughs) That's. I'm going to tell security not to let you in. Oh my God. That is awesome. (laughs) I'm going to bring you, (laughs) I gift you a present. (laughs) (laughs) She would seriously just walk by and catch her. It's my essence. Jason, I was thinking about what you were just saying, and I um I had an interesting you know sort of light light bulb moment. Um, I was a uh, you know I was I was doing a tattoo. Uh, we were placing stencils and stuff, and uh, uh, we decided you know the client wanted to put this piece on the hand, right? But then he wanted this date, you know, sort of above it. Um, it was going to be with another tattoo, or you know something. It was something to that effect. We decided to go with. I put the hand stencil on first and then put the date on and it sort of, it, it ended up working out really well. And, and we sort of, we reverse engineered it in our heads, like thought experiment, like, Oh, what if we put the date on and then tried to line up this, you know, hand piece with the date, it would, it would have been either impossible or we would have had to settle or something like that. And so I kind of, I almost feel like your situation, you know, you really want this, you want this banner, which is much more, prominent to have a certain presence to look a certain way um maybe if you just like you know like you're able to just go for that and make it make it however you really envision it your maybe your business card will just simply follow you know and the new design for the business card will just sort of emerge out of that but if you know like if you're you're trying to make the if you're trying to make this big banner conform to the little business card it might be so I might be totally off here. You know what I mean? They may not, these two sort of, you know, things may not equate, no, I, but. I think you're right. I really do. I think you're, you're 100% right. Um, and that's actually what I've been playing around with in, yeah. in Procreate is I actually just dropped in on this like eighth scale document that I created in Procreate. I just dropped in this, um, this business card, like graphic with like waves and everything. And I was like, okay, what can I move around? What can I shift? How can I get this to fit right on this? And I think you're right. I think just by coming up with a new design that's going to be more banner oriented and then reflecting that, even if I have to get new cards made, that's fine. Because um, I'm actually running low on them anyway. So I should probably yeah. order more. Time. Um, and then it can be a collector's item, right? You can be like, yeah, this was his 2022 business card. Mm-hmm. Here do you have. <laughs> yeah. This That's is awesome. a crop dusted version. Yeah. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get on business cards, man. I don't have any. I have none. No business cards. But I think I need to do them. 
How are you doing I mean, business without business cards? I know, right? I kind of just come to work and make it happen, I guess. And then I just stick with the good old fashioned print out all of my information on address labels and slap those address labels onto play in cards, throw them out like Gambit. Nice. <laughs> it's it clever, rain. it's fun. Yeah, um, they're a different shape than business cards, and they always stick out. I always try to find fun packs, like sparkly gold packs. Or uh, last time I went to um, uh, I went to a convention at a casino, and they had a bunch of playing cards in the gift shop that had like animal facts on them, wildlife facts, survival in the wilderness facts, and stuff like that. So I got those. They were super fun. People hang on to stuff like that. Whereas just a regular old business card, they might look at it, think I'll log the information in my brain and then toss it out real quick because it's hogging up space in their wallet. But when you get something flashy and fun and make it almost interactive, um, they'll, they'll, they hang on to it. Uh, I used to have business cards that were not even cards at all. I just made like little pocket zines of my art when it was first starting. And uh, I would hand those out as my business cards. And uh, everybody thought that it was, uh, I was actually giving them like artwork. Because I guess it looks like it when it's a little pocketbook with each page being my artwork. And then they would give me stuff in exchange, like at conventions. They're like, no, 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 that's just my business card. And they're like, thank you so much. Here, have this. And it's like, okay, thanks. But uh, yeah, there's so many interesting ways to make business cards super fun and interactive besides just being like a card. Mine, I think it's just going to say business on it. Just business of the QR code or something, you know? Just plain simple. The most simple kind of font I can find. I'm going to recommend the movie American Psycho. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's reference yeah. this uh, scene yeah. about business cards, and that'll help, you know, yeah. inspire you. The tasteful thickness or, of it. The yeah, yeah. Ways type. <laughs> type font. I wonder what kind it is. <laughs> that that are just make you like you know crazy as hell and like anxious over something like a business card it's crazy mm. that was a good movie though really yes it was all right so i'm playing around with this flower still i'm gonna show you guys real quick i think i, I made some adjustments on the skull the outline the line weight i'm playing around with line weight and i'm just kind of washing in some color real fast too See what you guys think real quick. All right. Uh, we get this guy in the center screen. Man, my iPad is being weird. All technology is being weird right now. Sweet. Yeah. I threw a thicker line around the perimeter of the skull. Yeah. Added together a little bit more. Made that uh, perimeter line around the flower a little bit larger, too, to kind of keep the separation. Keep them separated. Yeah. I, think it, I, think it, I think it's like 
it's much more cohesive. You know what I mean? It it doesn't. Mm -hmm. it, it also doesn't feel like you've really. You know, it doesn't feel changed. Uh, like, you know, like the spirit of it is still present. So it's like it's exactly the same thing, but but now they those two elements really work together like like really really well. Like, thanks. So, man. I really like it. Killer, thank you, dude. Appreciate it. Oh, it's yeah. You're gonna you're gonna knock it out of the park, Ricardo. Thank you, sir. Much appreciated, man. Well, guys, I'm gonna have to get ready for my appointment coming up pretty soon. I was wondering if we could take a moment and kind of walk around the room and let everybody know that's watching how to get a hold of you. Um, Amber, if we can start with you, that'd be great. Sure. I'm Amber Morgan. You can find me on Instagram at Amber Morgan and on Facebook at Looking Glass Inc. Awesome. Thank you for joining us this morning. I appreciate you jumping in. No problem. It was a great time. Cool. James, can we go ahead and go over to you, buddy? Sure. I'm James Wisdom. Um, uh, you can find me on Mondays, Reinventing the Tattoo, Drawing for Tattooers. Uh, I also tattoo at Artistic Skin Designs uh, in Indianapolis. So come and see me if uh, you need a tattoo, need a cover-up, something like that. Um, Thanks, Ricardo, for having me. This is a this is a it, it's a pleasure. So, yeah, man, thank you for joining. I, I appreciate you uh, taking time. Thank you, Medusa. You want to give us a holla? Not a crop duster. <laughs> Hi, I'm Medusa. Um, I won't actually crop dust your booth, um, and you can find me at medusaslays.com. Bye. Cool. See you. Thanks for joining. Jason, the man, the myth, the legend. I'm Jason Leeser. You can find me on Instagram at Philly Inc. Um, you can also find me on Sunday afternoons at 1 p.m. Eastern time for the Skill Building Sunday Drawing Group hosted here on the Reinventing the Tattoo Network. Um, and I usually also try to jump into the James Wisdom Drawing for Tattooers um, drawing group as well, Monday mornings. So you can usually catch up with me then as well. Yeah, cool, man. Cool. My name is Ricardo Servant. Uh, thanks for joining us on Tuesday mornings, Tuesday Fields. Jason, Medusa, James, Sandberg, thank you so much for dropping in. Uh, everybody who's watching, everybody in the chats, thank you for, for coming in and saying what's up and giving some questions and talking to us. So uh, you guys take it easy. Until next week, I'll see you all later.